1: That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
0: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
2: When I was a kid, my dad was a cop. Then he was in forensics. Then he was a New South Wales firefighter. This season of Loose Units is called Hot Stuff Coming Through. And apart from having an incredibly cool and stupid name, it's going to reveal the untold side of being a firefighter in Australia. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Loose Units. Hot stuff coming through this week. We are talking about arson, and uh, I'm Paul Verhoeven, and this is my dad, John Verhoeven. Uh, dad used to be a cop, but he's also been a uh, firefighter in the New South Wales Fire Brigade. Dad, you've wanted to talk about arson for quite a while. I have, yes. And you keep implying that it's this kind of untapped well of stuff that people aren't going to be, you know, readily aware of.
3: Well, it's it's an incredible industry. Industry. It's been happening. Since we had insurance.
2: It's the oldest profession in the world.
3: Well, it's a very, very old thing. Yeah. You know, and I've I've seen some extraordinary cases of um, of arson. But the arsonist, the whole theory, I think we can divide arson into two categories. Yes. Those that do it for fun and gratification and some deeply rooted psychosexual uh, desire and for fraud. And the fraud side of it is is a massive, massive international problem. Okay. Where businesses... Do you recall that that terrible fire where where people died in Balmain a few years ago, where the guy came in and set fire to a shop, No. and the tenants burnt to death? It's a fucking fuck up, and they got that fucker. So there's a case of arson where he and they had him on footage. He rocks up, uh, he has a can of petrol, he, he gets in through the front, he fills the place up with uh, with with petrol. Yep. The problem with arson when you're dealing with highly ex- you know explosive product. Yes. Like petrol that sometimes when you light it it explodes and sometimes you don't get out you burn to death right and you're the arsonist so that's a bit of a fuck up but there you know it when it shops businesses you know if your business is going really really badly what's a great way to to settle everything and come out laughing is to just Burn the entire building down. Just
2: torture it, okay. Yeah,
3: but, but when the, when arson investigators go into the shop, one of the funny things they find, Paul, is that guess what? There's no stock in the shop because the fucking stupid arsonist has thought, oh, I'll be a little bit more greedy than I'm already going to be and I'm, I'm tr- going to take all the stock out. Of course, yes. I mean, how ridiculous. Because a real fire wouldn't give you three days advance of warnings. You would so. at least expect a lot of stock to be destroyed in the fire. Yep. Two of my utes were stolen. By organised gangs in Sydney, right? And I had to go through a real grilling with the insurance company because they wanted to know, obviously, had I burnt out my own cars or mm. stolen them or whatever. Mm. And I explained to them that no, I hadn't, because I'd had about three thousand dollars worth of tools in the back, and I had a change drawer with about two hundred dollars of two dollar coins in. Like, no, no, I, I lost all that, which wasn't insured. Yeah. So no, I didn't fucking do that. Mm. But and cars are a classic. They drive it out into a uh, a deserted area. They use an accelerant. Yeah. It doesn't take long for a car to get going. But in America, where arson is is look it's it's prevalent everywhere. Mm. But really really professional clever arsonists that work, um, you know, that's their job. I'll tell you one of the things they do that's really scary. They set a building on fire. But before they do that, they're thinking I want this fire to be really, really potent and the last thing I want is for the fire to be put out because if it's put out, they can repair the building mm-hmm. and make good and the whole thing falls to pieces. Yeah. They also don't want any sign or signs that arson was involved. So, there are lots and lots of techniques that they employ. So, the first thing they're thinking about, what happens when the fire brigade arrive? They're they, going to come in through the front door. So, they need to get access to the fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So they don't want the fireys to be able to get in and fight the fire.
2: Well, a couple of episodes ago, you told the story of um, heading in on your hands and knees into a house and trying to find the seat of the fire, and there was a fridge in the way. Oh,
3: that's right. Yeah. Okay. So that's so that of... was a, a classic example of an arsonist yeah. uh, making it difficult for the fireys. Mm. I'm aware because I studied arson in the New South Wales Police Force yeah. when I was in forensics, and I've been very interested in the topic. Uh, for many, many years, mm. I'll tell you one of the things that they'll do. Directly inside the entrance to the business yes. or to the premises that they've set on fire, mm. they dig a hole. And they fill the hole with broken glass no. and nails. No, So the first fireman that goes in, he then goes into the hole. He's fucked. But that's assault now. Yeah, it's it's bad. But isn't the point of us not to
2: hurt people, just to damage
3: no, things? No, 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 no. It's to stop the is Doing what they what they do, so what's happened? The first fireman's gone in. Yeah, he's severely injured. He's got nails sticking through his hands and his feet. He's he's got serious, um, you know, cuts. Yeah. So the fiery behind him, because let's remember they work in pairs. He then has to then get his mate, and drag him back out, and this is dragging a fireman that probably weighs with all the gear at least a hundred kilos. Yeah. So he gets him out onto the street. They then get the paramedics, assuming they're they're close by, mm. and they start to work on him. They then have to get a second crew to go in. Yeah, But they're aware now that there's a problem, so they have to then create a bridge, whatever. But the terrible thing, Paul, is that another problem that the fireys have, if that hasn't happened at the front door, a classic trick, and I'm slightly reticent to talk about this, but... For the sake of the listeners, I will explain, and that is that um, it's not uncommon, in America at least, where, and this is going to sound so bad, but they actually, oh fuck, it's, it's even hard to say it, they fill balloons up with petrol and tie them onto the roof. No. And when they melt in the fire, the petrol comes down and covers the fucking firemen. So all of a sudden you've got fire, is totally engulfed in flames.
2: How often does this stuff happen? Well, it happens. Okay.
3: And now they might be using the petrol to increase the acceleration of the fire. Yeah. But I'm aware of situations when they used to have um, the old style telephones. Now, if you have a look at an old style telephone, when the phone call comes through, Mm -hmm. it creates a spark in the old fashioned phones. Right. They would then have a gas tap that they would turn on. And, and you- it was so perfect because they could wait an hour or two, and then just call and then the they place. call in, and then it explodes. Yeah. So there are lots and lots of ways of, you know, setting fire. With fire, generally, the fire is the investigators look for the seat of the fire. Now you know I told you about the seat. You know that burning sun. Yes. That's the the heart of the fire. Yeah. But when you go into a fire afterwards and you look, you can always or generally find that there's a seat and where that seat is is where the fire started mm. and that's really, really important. But imagine if they'd set up numerous locations within the building to simultaneously, oh. you know, that creates a whole different set of dramas.
2: In, uh, and this is a case in the second book in Electric Blue, actually. We talk about the fact that when you're in forensics, your supervisor took you to the site of an arson and uh, took you inside and got a paint can, uh, filled it with water and then Filled it with water outside. Outside. And, yeah. And brought it in, emptied it, and popped a lid on it. Mm. You said that the displacement sucked the air in because you could smell accelerants. Yeah. Now, for, just for the layman, what is an accelerant? Okay.
3: Well, it's, it's anything inflammable mm-hmm. or flammable. So, petrol is a classic. Diesel, to a lesser extent. Mm-hmm. It's all about the explosive range, which means if you have a vapor, one of the things you've got to be very, very careful about remember that story I told you about the guys that was a work cover story did I tell you about the one where the guys though he was filling the the motor mower and he was filling it inside a little building I'm not like sure. a like a little shed on the side of the road oh yes yes yes. and the guys were having smoker and they lit up yep and the when the guy lit the match 30 40 meters away mm. it happened to catch that vapor trail yeah and it just flashed back to the little room where this guy was and exploded and blew him up okay. So, it's really, really dangerous dealing with, um, with that sort of stuff. You know, uh, plumbers, mainly plumbers, use oxyacetylene? For the torches. Correct. Yeah. That is a mixture of acetylene, which is fucking scary. Yeah. And um, Oxygen. And right. Pure oxygen. And yeah. they, they get the, the mix right. If we ever went to a fire yeah. where there was oxyacetylene involved, mm. what a lot of listeners probably won't know... Acetylene is very, very unstable and highly explosive. Right. I've heard of explosions where oxyacetylene cylinders have exploded in a fire. Mm. They've gone through two or three factory walls like a a missile Mm. and killed people hundreds of meters away in adjoining factories that were just carrying on regardless. Yeah. All of a sudden, this flying projectile. So when we went to fires and we knew that there was oxyacetylene involved... What a lot of people don't know, if you were to cut an oxyacetylene cylinder, Mm. what you'd find is the acetylene is in another cylinder within the outer cylinder. Mm. And it's a small amount of acetylene. Yeah. But between that cylinder and the outer cylinder, it's kept in another fluid. And that fluid is the fluid that women remove nail polish with.
2: Oh, it's... Oh God, I don't know what it's called. So it sounds like factories are full of things which would make an arsonist's job pretty easy. If an arsonist is looking for a for an accelerant, or to make like what I guess what I'm trying to get at is how hard is it for an arsonist to make things look like an accident?
3: Well, that's what they try and do. Right. That's that type of arsonist. That's the professional guy. Look, a lot of arson, of course, is not professional. It's done by you know a mm-hmm. hack that just wants to do a job on his car factory lots of businesses that are going down the gurgler yeah they, they'll it's a lot easier for them to come in but you've got to be very careful with all the cctv and monitoring of number plates and they can track you down mm. and say look we followed you from your house to through that freeway that night and we we can assume and then they can get you in and put the pressure on you which is just down to great police work and but, circumstantial evidence. But when you get to a the scene of a fire, what are the telltale signs? Well smell. First thing. They'll they'll talk to you after and they'll go to the fires that were first there, did you smell anything? Oh yeah. You know, it's a news agency and I smell petrol. Well that's what that's pretty it's it's not proof. Yep. Yeah. But it's saying you know are there definitely... Are there odourless accelerants? Without a doubt. So, why do people so often use... Because they wouldn't know. I mean, oh. can you think of an odourless... Well, I can't. I can't either. No, no but there you know, probably are. But that's that type of arson. But then there's the more, perhaps, shall we say, insidious type of... Uh, you know how we said that fire is... Uh, it's, a, it's a reactive organisation? Yes. Well, is it? What about the fiery that wants to... Generate water? That loves fire? Yeah. Are you implying that firefighters can be arsonists? Oh, most definitely. Really? Well, look, wherever you've got humans in any occupation, that's like saying, um, you mean to say doctors can be pedophiles? Like, yeah, they can. Or anything. Teachers can be murderers, police. They've just arrested a policeman in um, Western Australia, committed multiple rapes. I mean, you know, the occupation, it's... I just find it interesting
2: because firefighters have not one job, but it's in the name. They fight fires. The idea that you have people in the fire brigade who are... Causing the fires What do you think Do you think many people apply for the fire brigade Because they like being
3: close to fire I I hope not mm. I mean it's weird like I'm just trying to think if I know one fireman That's ever ever been burnt Don't think I do That's very strange Well it's great it Means that we take super precaution mm. And professional firefighters yeah. Generally don't take risks That's interesting mm. Whereas you know well t- let's take the chemical incidents, you know you're you're so cautious, yeah, the last thing, or I guess the first thing that every single firefighter in the world wants to do is finish the shift, yeah, and go home, not go home in a bag of course, so but you do you know of any cases where firefighters were caught um, you know setting fire there, there are numerous documented cases. Of firemen, so I'm not going to sort of lay, you know how I said it, it's not a reactive organization. Yes. Well, you know, it kind of is if you want it to be. So, if you felt, imagine if you were like a, uh, uh, like if you're a permanent firefighter, you get paid a wage. Yes. And that's great. Mm. And you get paid that wage whether or not you go to a fire or not. And that's one of the weird things about in the New South Wales fire brigades and probably every big fire brigade in every city. You're getting paid for your time. Yeah, you're getting paid for your time and for what you might do. Yeah. Now, if you're working in a busy station um, in a particular um, environment, Mm -hmm. suburb, for example, Mm -hmm. the chances are that you'll be doing a lot more work than um, at a fire station in a different suburb. Gotcha. But imagine if you're a firefighter that that relied on fires so you get called in Mm. to work. And now, if there are no fires, you don't get called in. in. So, what's a really good way of earning some money? Light a fire. Light a fire. And believe you me, that happens.
2: There is a third type of arsonist, though, and this is one that you have uh, wanted to talk about for a while. And that is the type that, and there's no nice way to say this, achieves sexual gratification from fire. Correct.
3: That's right. You remember, all the listeners, when I was in work cover, and remember that, that fire? Remember how I walked to the window in yes. my office and mm-hmm. I looked down and I could see the cathedral alight? He was a particular arsonist that just hated organized religion. So he, he'd made his mission to burn all the churches, synagogues and mosques down in Sydney. Mm-hmm. That's his particular, uh, that's his bent. But what quite often happens is, that's why police, when they investigate arson, they are very, very keen to go through all the footage from all the news groups and now mobile phones, there's a very, very strong chance that the arsonist is in the crowd.
0: This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other.
1: Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
0: Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to Bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for twenty percent off your first purchase.
3: Now also another thing that an arsonist may do mm-hmm. is that they might a defecate at the scene of the fire that they've lit. What? Shit because shit, mm-hmm. it's shitting sort of a releasing sexual thing. And they also masturbate, jack off, leave jizz from arsehole to breakfast. You know, depending on, you know, how much is stored up in there, whatever. Thank in their you. Gonads. Yep. No, thank you. Thank you. I yep. get you. Um. So that's these are the things you look for. You know, it's 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 a part, and then another thing, as we all know, you recall in, and everyone knows this, that um, when kids generally go missing, and it's and it's nefarious and and diabolically demonic, we often find that one of the t- the key people helping the police in the search, is the offender. So like, they can't stay away. They need to... And they see the thrill of the red lights and the fire engines and maybe maybe they love firemen. Maybe, you know, maybe the bootlicker's in the crowd because he just gets off on fucking firemen. It's the whole... It's the machismo. It's the, it's the... I mean, you can't deny at nighttime if you drive past an incident and there are fiery Zambos and police and the blue lights and everyone's in uniform and they're running around and it's all go... A lot of people go, fuck, that is really cool. There is a case in the
2: first book uh, where you and Julian catch a jewel thief because the jewel
3: thief... He came back to the scene yep. to see yep. and stand there and gawk and, and 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 congratulate himself and go, I'm fucking smarter than these people. I'm standing here and they don't know it's me. And you're saying that happened a lot with arsonists. Oh, God, yeah. And then particular firemen... Yeah that would light fires and then get the call, oh, um, oh, I've got to come in, okay. They'd go in, then they'd go back with their crew and fight the fire that they'd lit. It's just... But it's human nature. You can't weed out every fucking psycho. And what happens if you join a job yeah. and you begin to really, really get off on it and then you start thinking, well, it's not as exciting as I thought. What can I do to spice things up a little bit. But it's fucking fire, like it's fire. It kills people. It does kill people, but but I I come back to that analogy that you're sitting around a campfire looking at people just stare at the flames. They're hypnotic. It's 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 quite fantastic. Yes, but
2: whenever okay, so occasionally on the news, we've obviously been hit by like aggressive terrifying unprecedented bushfires and it's been absolutely awful across the country but a couple of years back uh whenever i heard about these fires starting is they would occasionally just say and we found the person who lit the fires mm. and i was mar- i was just i don't know what like imagine being the person who lit the fire for whatever brain snap you've had whatever weird sexual impulse you've had to light that fire and then you've run and you're watching the news for weeks and you're seeing the country on fire and the livestock that have been killed and the billions of dollars that it's costing and like at any point do you think the arsonist goes oh i probably shouldn't have done
3: that or maybe maybe Paul but you know we are dealing perhaps with psychopaths who are devoid of of emotion okay. as well okay uh, and that's not that's not uh, that that psychopathic a trait mm. is not is certainly not, um, you know, unique to, to, to arsonists. Have you ever in any of your emergency services time um, interacted with an arsonist?
2: Interviewed an arsonist, arrested one, dealt with one,
3: you know, been near one? I'm just curious as to any insights. You um, can give. Something even scarier than that, Paul, is that I probably haven't, didn't know it. Okay? Right. That's why when people talk about, um, uh, look, there was a station officer at... Um, I'll, I'll say the station because it's, it's all documented. At okay. Will- Willoughby Fire Station. Willoughby. And um, he uh, he went to jail. He went yeah. to Long Bay mm. uh, because he was a pedophile. And he used to, uh, as young kids used to walk past, he used to want to show them the fire engine. And he, it turned out that he was molesting uh, young boys. I think that a lot of firemen on shift, because plenty of fires were aware of what was happening, yeah. but no one ever really did anything. It's one of those weird things where, and then people say to me, "Oh, it was such a shock to find out that such and such was doing something." And you know, when you get a gut feeling, I think it's important to uh, at least take a mental note and at least heighten your awareness. So if you see weird shit happening, then it's it's time to uh, you know. But people that abuse their office, like yeah. this particular officer, I mean, it's weird for a station officer to actually show people, particularly young boys, fire engines. That to me that's ringing so many alarm bells on so many levels yeah. because generally officers don't do that. And it's always young boys, like 9, 10, 11-year-olds. Mm. And, you know, the, the, these things, when you see something that's happening and you think, this is a bit weird, imagine if you see someone that's fascinated with fire, like actually just, you know, the signals are there. Now, that person could, could feasibly go on and, 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 and do some... Terrible things. Yeah. And, uh, and fire, uh, you, you've also got to, with fire, you also have to remember that there's major fire that starts accidentally in terms of firefighters who are doing backburns, oh, yes. which is really, really important. Yeah, The fire gets away. Mm. And whose fault is it? Well, the wind picks up. Uh, there's a change in weather. The topography changes. Something happens. And then the, the fire is there going, fuck. Fuck. And then they think, do we say something or do we not say something? If I say something, I'm in the shit. Let's try and kind of get this. But it gets away and then all of a sudden you've got this out of control situation. Everyone becomes aware. Yeah. And I mean, there was a big fire in Sydney last year that started on, um, believe it or not, it started by the... Look, when I was in the air wing, you know, we use the night sun, the the big spotlight on the helicopter. Yes, yes, yes. Do you know that they can start fire? What? Yep. That is not uncommon for a, for a floodlight on a helicopter. The night sun, it is so hot. When you land, if you land on dry grass, yeah, the grass can ignite.
2: Oh, see, I thought you meant that the actual beam was hot. Not the beam, it's but but the, but
3: the heat coming from that actual okay. uh, light. So okay. there are lots and lots of things. You know, there can be the cigarette thrown out of mm. a uh, of a car. There can be the broken bottle that actually creates that magnifying glass effect. There's lightning. There are so many things. But
2: arson is all about, as you've said, intent. And whether the intent is, you know, whether it's about money or it's about, you know, sexual gratification or generating work, if you're a firefighter, it seems like arson is a very odd field. I know there's probably wings of the police that deal specifically with arson. Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: But they also have, um, you know, arson investigation within the New South Wales Fire Brigades. Senior officers, that, that their job is to go to, any fire that is deemed suspicious, mm. and try and uh, and the fires are really really well versed in in what a fire does, yeah. how it reacts, and you've got the CSIRO, you've got police, you've got all these organisations, and 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 they they want to get into it's when you first go into a fire, and I've been into numerous fires, mm. and some of the fires I've been into the bodies are still there, and here, here's something I'm not sure have I ever discussed what happens to a human body when it when it burns? No. Okay, so. When I I went to a particularly horrendous uh, scene where a woman had been uh, burnt and she was... It looked like someone from uh, Pompeii, you know, that sort of... But what happens is the body contracts, goes hard Mm. and like the boy, the rice bubble boy, he had those terrible steam burns and they had to cut all these major muscle groups to release the the tension from underneath the skin. Mm. And I'll never forget this particular woman um, and I looked down into her, her... her groin area because everything had been burnt off and around her vagina it was weeping it was sort of like very moist and and it looked very unusual and the the first impression that we had in forensics was that she'd been raped and one of the one of the earliest lessons I learned that particular day it was explained to me that she had assumed that position as though she looked as though She'd been raped and then she'd been left in that position. But the reality was that there'd been no sexual offence taking place. That's what happens when you burn. You develop this weird position on the ground and it had that look of that she'd been attacked, but she hadn't. That was the way the body naturally contracts and and that became a key indicator and that's what I began to expect. And then the more um, arsons and fires that I went to, same with motor vehicles, the body just contracts. Right, it gets into like a fetal position. Almost a fetal, fetal position. It's really, really quite fascinating. Okay.
2: Well, I guess I'd like to close out on one thing, which is, um, I mean, w- when people are kids, uh, like young boys specifically tend to kind of, you know, play around with fire, they'll mm. light fires and yep. whatnot. And, yep. you know, and it's kind of a goof at that point. Mm. Um, have you ever fallen prey to that urge when you were a little kid? You-
3: yeah, well, I, I famously, when I... Lived in Tamworth, yeah. which is um, Country New South Wales. My mum and dad were visiting the local baby health sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a friend of the families. Apparently, as, as the story goes, when I was, I guess I would have been maybe four. Okay, she's pretty young. Yeah, I somehow found a box of matches, and I mean, fire is fascinating. And as a young kid, you know, striking, I'd obviously seen adults strike a strike the match, and it was really pretty amazing. I mean, for a young kid to see that that sort of flash of light. And I I lit a match and and I dropped it and it went onto the grass and it started to sort of burn and it started to burn the fence at this lady's house. And I sensibly, because I didn't understand the concept of putting fires out, Mm. so I ran inside. But I was smart enough to say, because I knew I'd get in trouble, because as a young kid, I knew what I'd done was pretty bad and I was scared. And I said to my parents that a man who'd been walking past, who was smoking, had thrown his cigarette down. So, I sort of tried to deflect the blame. But I learned a very valuable lesson about how fire can quickly take hold. Yeah, it's, um,
2: How much do you think that influenced you becoming a firefighter? Not at all.
3: Oh, damn. I was hoping to round it out with a bit of a lesson. Mm. Shit. Look, just be very, very wary and just be fire and safe. Careful. I've yeah. been to so many fires where uh, I went to a fire one night where an entire two-story house was totally destroyed mm. by a young guy that had... Uh, he was stoned. He had his girlfriend round. They wanted to create a bit of a, a mood and he um, put a candle in a sink, mm-hmm. which is really, really sensible and safe. And I'm not saying that facetiously. He he gave that a lot of thought. He thought, where's somewhere really, really safe? And he put it into a sink, mm-hmm. which on the surface sounds really sensible. Problem was he and his girlfriend whacked out of their brains, fell asleep. A, a little bit of a breeze picked up. It blew a, a, a like a... Fine curtain across the path. The flame crawled up. The entire house was gone. Lost it. Did they survive? Yeah, they got, they got out. But okay. the thing is that he was house sitting for his mum, oh, it was no. a really really nice house in Manly worth oh. fucking millions. And he tr- he had actually thought about what's a, where's the sensible place to put a candle. That's very stressful. So you know things happen.
2: Okay. God damn. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Loose Units Hot Stuff coming through. We will be back next week with even more podcasts. In the meantime, make sure you head across to facebook.com forward slash loose units. Then leave us a comment, get involved with our discussion group, and we'll see you next time. Bye.
0: That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X.com.
3: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.